everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Young Pyromancers podcast. I am your host, Ezra. I am Charlie. And today we're going to be talking about the sneak attack pre-con from Zendikar Rising. We're going to be doing a 15 in, 15 out deck upgrade so that you can really get this deck uh, from a little bit playable to a deck that you can definitely play at your commander tables at your Friday night magic if you're playing under the webcam or whatever. Yeah, these decks are, um, or the pre-cons are incredibly cheap, but, um, you know, we all know what happens when you make a deck that's really cheap. There are some things that are inefficient, especially when it's a pre-con. Um, I think we've got a solid list. We have a few things just strategy-wise to talk about if you want to start us off there. Go ahead, Ezra. Yeah, I will start us off with our first card. Our first card is Shadow Alley Denizen. Shadow Alley Denizen is a black mana for a creature vampire rogue. 1-1. One, one. Whenever a... Oh, well, we did this again. Let's read the commander first. Ah, uh, yes. I think that's kind of important. So, this uh. is the sneak attack rogues deck. Uh, all about rogues and dealing damage with rogues. The commander is Anawan the Rune Thief. Anawan is two blue-black for a two-four legendary creature vampire rogue. Other rogues you control get plus one, plus one. And whenever one or more rogues you control deal combat damage to a player, that player mills a card for each one damage dealt to them. If the player mills at least one creature card this way, you draw a card. So Anawan, just all around a good card, is a good rogue uh, lord, buffs all your rogues, but also at the same time gives you a way to draw cards attached to your commander, which is always a good sign. Yeah, and for four mana, that just does a lot. Yeah, um, and I mean, so you... Yeah. yeah. You also have the option, if you wanted to, right out of the deck box, you can play three other commanders. Uh, we're not going to read them. They're pretty popular cards. There's Sig River Cutthroat, uh, Gaunti... Oh, no, not Gaunti. Lazav yes. Demir Mastermind. The, yeah, Gaunti's a legend, but you can't play yeah. him as the commander. And Una, uh, Queen of the Fae. Lazav and, yeah, and, and Una, Queen of the Fae. So, uh, yeah, now we can talk about Shadow Ali Denizen. And so the way we took this deck was it was really a more mill-oriented deck before, but we really wanted to play into this. The small rogues deal damage, mill cards, draw cards, make more rogues. We wanted to go more into that um, theme because it seems more resilient than playing lots of reanimator spells and trying to play with your opponent's things. While that is fun, we think that this is the way that it's going to be more powerful and allow you to uh, perform better at the table. So our yeah. first card is Shadow Alley Denizen, which is a black mana for a creature vampire rogue. Uh, it's a 1-1, one, one, and whenever a black creature enters the battlefield under your control, target creature gains Intimidate in Tone to Tone, which means it can't be blocked by artifact creatures and or creatures that share a color with it. So the idea with this card is that you're just making stuff on like harder to block, meaning that they get in easily, more easily with Anawan, and allowing us to just chip in for more damage, draw more cards. Um, yeah, uh, I just, a few things I want to say really quickly. Um, so kind of the mindset here is Mill's cool, but it's a comparison of, you know, 300 cards versus 120. Um, rather, 40 life is a lot less than 100 cards to Mill. 
And so playing these cards like Shadow Ellie Denizen might not appear to be great, they don't do very much, but when you have, you know, six rogues you've played in the first three turns of the game, and then on turn four you're swinging for a total of 12 damage and you're drawing four cards, uh, that's pretty good, I mean, or three cards, rather. Three cards, but, right, right. But you want to be spreading damage around, and Shadow Alley Denizen allows your creatures to get in for damage. So, um, yeah, why don't you read our next cheap little rogue? Uh, yeah, kind of in the same vein. Zulaport Duelist is a 1-1 one, one for 1 blue. It's a creature human rogue with flash, and when Zulaport Duelist enters the battlefield, up to one target creature gets minus 2, minus 0 until end of turn. Its controller mills two cards. Yeah, Obviously. so it's yeah, helping with the mill game plan a little bit. Also, this card, like, is actually, I mean, it's shown as, uh, my evaluation initially is this, this card was bad when I looked at this originally, but as I've played a couple of drafts now, Zulaport Duelist is actually, it's like, it does everything that you want in a rogues deck. It, because it can flash in and sometimes just eat another creature by reducing its power to zero. It eats one power, well, I mean, one toughness creatures all the time. And also, just milling to is... It's helpful. Uh, yeah, definitely. Cards with flash that haven't entered the battlefield effect that affects combat are definitely nothing to be scoffed at. Yeah. So, our next card is... This is the cool one. This is Disciple of Deceit. Disciple of Deceit is blue and a black. So, two mana total, blue-black. For a creature, human, rogue, 1-3. And uh, Disciple has... Inspired, which means whenever Disciple of Deceit becomes untapped, you may discard a non-land card. If you do, search your library for a card with the same converted mana cost as that card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So the idea is if you can somehow tap Disciple of Deceit, whether that is by attacking or tapping it some other way, Disciple of Deceit, uh, you can discard a card, and then you can search your library for anything with the same CMC. So, it's like you can bad Demonic Tutor. So, if you pitch a 3-drop creature, you could go get a 3-drop draw spell. I think this is an extremely underrated card, and I think this this could do some cool things. Never actually played with this card, but I think this could... This, this looks like a very good card. I'm... Yeah. Curious to see how it would actually play Repeatable out. Repeatable one-sided tutors. Pretty good. I don't know. I feel like this card kind of reminds me of Marilyn. Um, of the Mourn yeah. song. Just Marilyn because song, yeah. it's... Um, you don't get to draw a card with Marilyn. Uh, and you have to discard here, but you still get to tutor. It's, it's not the same, certainly. But it's kind of comparable. And for an effect that isn't symmetrical, it doesn't lose your life, and is just repeatable, and it's a two-mana spell, and it's a rogue, I think that's a really, really big advantage to have. Yeah, just being able to have good rogues that do good things is definitely what our game plan is going to be. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of good rogues that do things... Would you like me to read this card because it <laughs> is anti-you? Um, you're welcome to. <laughs> no, actually, you read it. You read it. All right. <sighs> Hurts me just to just to like say the name. Ghostly Pilferer is uh, yet another rogue. It's one in a blue for a two-one creature, spirit rogue, 
Whenever Ghostly Pilferer becomes untapped, you can pay two colorless. If you do, draw a card. Pretty good. Whenever an opponent casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, draw a card. And you can discard a card, and Ghostly Pilferer can't be blocked this turn. <sighs> it's none of them is. I mean, the unblockable definitely helps with Anawan, but that second okay. line of text will just. Like, I, I'm pretty sure if. You won't ever play this against Charlie, just at any deck. Like, it's going to do work, because you're going to be drawing so many cards off of... There are so many decks that you don't it's, even realize are casting spells from oh not yeah. their hand. It, there's so, so many. Cascade it casts it from not your hand. It's Graveyard, escape. Exile, Flashback, Escape. Yeah, there's... there's... Fla yeah, Flashback's a good one. That There's a lot of spells with Flashback. The Command Zone, so whenever a player ca yep. casts their commander from the Command Zone... Like, so, first effects is they exile the top X cards of your library. You may cast them this turn. Right, escape it. to the wilds or They're, any looting effects. It's red. I mean, not red. Uh, I mean, impulsive draw effects. Like, uh, act on impulse or whatever. Uh, Chandra Torture Defiance. So, like, this, this will trigger so many times in the average game of Commander. Ghostly Pilfer, just an incredible card. Alright, we've got Glint Sleeve Siphoner is our next card. It's one in a black for a creature human rogue, 2-1. Menace, whenever Glint Sleeve Siphoner enters the battlefield or attacks, you get an energy counter. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you may pay two energy counters. If you do, you draw a card and you lose a life. So, this is like a... The, the idea is that uh, you would want to play this in more of an energy-themed deck, but... This is just good on its own. It's a 2-1 with Menace. Makes it hard to block. And the fact that every other turn, and including, like, the turn, turn 4 if you play Glint Sleeve Siphoner on turn 3, and turn 2, you that you get to just draw a card every other turn off of your 2-drop drop creature is just incredible value. You don't normally see that uh, type of card draw until the 3-drop slot. So I think Glint Sleeve Siphoner, very good card. I've heard that people are a fan of Dark Confidant. Yeah, it's like a slow Dark Confidant. Yeah. It, it's, um, it has its better things that are better than Dark Confidant. It has its things that are worse, but it's definitely comparable. And it's yeah, rogue, I mean, so. there's only, I mean, there there's one major thing that I would uh, like to point out about the difference between Glint Sleuth Siphoner and uh, Dark Confidant. I, uh, I believe Dark Confidant is sitting at a nice, super cheap extra budget price looks, of looks like the cheapest is 23 dollars yeah, yeah. 2371 from the new it just got reprinted in double masters and it's 23 dollars so uh meanwhile glint sleeve siphoner is 28 I'm, cents i can't afford that 28 cents so uh yeah you don't have to play you don't have to play bob you can just play glint sleeve siphoner yeah um Next up, oh, just, I don't know if we said this already, we're going to do all of the cards we're bringing in, and then all of the cards we're taking out, and that's going to be pretty quick. Yeah. Because this is less of a, this mana rock is inefficient, we're replacing it with a better mana rock, although that's still happening. It's more of a, we're shifting the game plan slightly, and we're taking out cards that don't really fit the game plan, and we're adding more things like rogues, and less right. and we're, we're not trying to tell you, you have to do these 15 changes. This is more of a suggestion episode. Like, if we were to upgrade our decks, if we were to buy it, and then wanted to go make an order on TCG Player, 
in it one only two. costs you know three seventy six to buy all fifteen cards. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so I mean, this is just the oh nice budget upgrade, and we're we're not gonna tell you what decks to what cards exactly to take out. We're just gonna tell you what cards we think deserve to be removed from the deck. Yeah, yeah, um, you got a nice simple one now. <laughs> oh yeah, very simple. You know, it's just it's a classy card. Um, Merfolk Looter is one in a blue for a one-one creature, Merfolk Rogue. And as you may know, you can tap Merfolk Looter to draw a card, then discard a card. It's it's the looter, you know. It's the one and only Merfolk Looter. It does. It's a two mana thing that lets you loot every single turn. Um, it's it's you're like okay, that's cool. It it's incredibly underestimated, even with how much it's played. The ability to just get one more card to look at every single turn is. It's, in, it's incredibly powerful, and for a two-mana rogue, I uh, can't say enough how good it is. Yeah, and the chances that you already own this card are very high. We like to do oh, yeah. that. Where we So there are certain cards that even though they're cheap, there are lower chances of you owning it. The thing about Mofolk Looter is it was printed in Exodus, 7th edition, 10th edition, M10, M12, Eternal Masters, Conspiracy Take the Crown, and then Mystery Booster... Uh, one of the dual decks and Masters Twenty Five, so the chances that you or a close friend already has a Mofo Looter pretty high. So we like yeah. doing that because sometimes it's just free. You already have it. That's that's the best budget tip we can give is put in the cards that you already own. And Mofo Looter is a very good. Yeah, card. It's like you know everyone has a Naturalize, everyone has a Llanowar Elves, or or something like that. Right, right. Yeah. You if you don't have the Llanowar Elves, you have an Elvish Mystic somewhere, or one of your yeah. friends has it. So like we we would always advocate for trade first, then buy. Um, alright, our next card is an, another new card from Zendikar Rising. It's Black Bloom Rogue. Uh, Black Bloom Rogue is 2 and a black for a creature, human rogue, 2-3, menace. And Black Bloom Rogue has plus 3, plus 0, as long as an opponent has 8 or more cards in their graveyard. Note, we're not a mill deck. However, Anawan naturally mills stuff for each damage that we deal, if we have Anawan. So, getting to the 8 will be easy, and... I don't know, I'm pretty sure 3 mana 5-3 with Menace is above rate. And if that wasn't enough, it's also... 6-4 with Anawan. Oh, it's a 6-4 with Anawan, that's right. That's crazy, 3 mana 6-4. That's like almost rotting Registrar status. Um, and you on the back, discard. Yeah, and the backside is Black Bloom Bog. So this is one of the Flipland MDFCs. We're going to be talking more about these on our set review. Which should be coming within the next few weeks, but hopefully, Black Bloom Bog is a land that enters the battlefield tapped and taps to add a black. So for whatever reason you don't want the three mana six four, you can also just have a tap land. So the versatility of this card it just makes it one of the best cards that you could possibly add. Yeah, that is one of the nice things about rogues. Uh, yeah, I they all do that. cool things. Yeah, they all do cool things, but they're all cheap, and they all have really, really good effects. You know, they died at Doomblade, but still, it's two mana. But you have so many of them. They're so easy to get back. There's just, you know, there's 40 of them in a deck. Right, rogues are not your typical, I drop it for seven mana. Rogues are one, all, all of the rogues that we put in the deck, the, the first seven cards we've talked about are all rogues. And so. Yeah, it's, it's not Hydra Tribal. Yeah, Hydro Tribal. You got to do lots of ramping. This you just bam, 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 bam. Field of rogues. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um. We got one more rogue for you guys. Yeah. Next up, Shadow Stinger. Another new card. It's two and a black for a one-four creature, vampire rogue. 
and you can tap another untapped rogue you control to give Shadow Stinger death touch until end of turn, and whenever Shadow Stinger deals combat damage to a player, that player mills three cards. It's so, everything we want. Oh yeah, um, and there's a few really cool tricks with this card actually. So, very conveniently, um, this is a 3-mana card, and Anawan is a 4-mana card. So, on turn 3, you can play this card. On turn 4, you can play Anawan. And because Shadow Stinger says tap another untapped rookie control, it's Shadow Stinger's activated ability. And it's uh, kind of like a zombie. And so, you can tap Anawan to this as soon as Anawan is played and give Shadow Stinger death touch, which is pretty cool. Just a neat little thing. Yeah, and we already get into the mill game plan of starting to mill our opponents. We've got a lot of the, I mean, we not a lot, but we've got a couple of those Black Bloom Rogue payoffs where it's like if your opponent has at least eight or more cards in their graveyard. I don't know why they chose eight, and they couldn't just use, like, seven. Do yeah, eight, eight, eight is not a big number in Commander. That's, you know, that's one wheel or something. Um, you know, that's turn four for a graveyard deck or something. Yeah, I just don't know why they wouldn't use... The previous mechanic of threshold, right? Wasn't that they didn't have to keyword it, but wasn't that seven? Um, I yes, threshold yes. was seven, seven or more. Oh, but, but thresholds in your graveyard. I thought, yeah, I thought it was your graveyard. So yeah, it is your it graveyard. So I mean, it's fine. But um, okay, yeah, shadow stinger is good. Those are eight rogues that are going in. I believe we only took one rogue out. So we're definitely going really far into this rogue tribal thing. Um, we've got some now, we've got some better ramp. Uh, we've got Everflowing Chalice, which is a zero mana artifact with multi-kicker for two. So you can kick it as many times as you want, and it enters the battlefield for a charge count with a charge counter on it for each time it was kicked. And then you can tap it to add a colorless mana for each charge counter on Everflowing Chalice. So it's either two mana taps for two, four mana taps for four, six mana taps for... Oh, wait, sorry, four mana taps for two, six taps for three, eight taps for four. It's just all around good. It's just versatile at multiple points in the game. So Ever Flowing Chalice is a good card. Was kind of expensive. Uh, just got a reprint at common at Double Masters, bringing it down to a nice 42 cents. Um, yeah, that card and this card I'm about to talk about, they're kind of a couple of the quintessential mana rocks. Um, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit more about after I read Prismatic Lens, which is another mana rock that can be that is two mana. Um, it's an artifact, of course. It taps for a colorless, and you can pay one and tap it to add one mana of any color. So these two are I call them the quintessential mana rocks because they're the two mana uh, mana rocks that you can play. It's like these, the Signets, uh, Arcane Signet, that kind of card. Yeah. Um, right, that we can play with on a budget. They're in the every... It's more yeah. expensive up until, yeah. like, they've been getting reprints now, but they've been expensive. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm not going to say it's the soul ring of these decks, but, you know, they're the card that goes into virtually every budget deck that is made, just because they're free and they're super, super good. Yeah, right, Rick. You can play them in any deck. I like Everflowing Chalice being in the 50-cent range now. It's been a dollar for a while now, which is too expensive for a mana rock, but moving into the 50 cent range, very good. Um, 
yeah, prismatic lens, everyone channels, just good ads. Now we've got a good code draw spell, which is reconnaissance mission for my Koya. Reconnaissance mission is two blue blue for an enchantment, and whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. And also, cycling for two, which means you can discard it and draw a card. So for whatever reason, you don't want the enchantment, you can just cycle it away. And we already have so many creatures that want to be dealing damage and are sneaking in for small hits of damage. Being able to draw cards off of all of those cards, just very good. There's also two other more expensive versions of this card. Coastal Piracy, which is actually strictly worse than this card because it doesn't have cycling. And Biden of Thassa also has some other text on it, but uh, both good cards to put in this deck. It's just Reconnaissance Mission is the only one that is uh, cheap. Um, yeah, please excuse me if you just heard the plane flying directly over my house. Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll leave that in. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah next up, we actually, I don't know if you, we said we were done with rogues, but uh, I suppose this oh, is oh, a rogue. This is a rogue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Thieves Fortune. Thieves Fortune is two and a blue for a tribal instant rogue. Uh. Thieves Fortune has Prowl for just a blue mana. This means uh, you can cast a spell for its Prowl cost if you dealt combat damage to a player this turn with a rogue. So generally, it's going to be a one mana spell. Uh, look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Hmm, I like one mana spells that look impulse. at the top four cards. Yeah, Yeah. this is literally Impulse. Sometimes it's three mana, which isn't the, the worst, but one. Oh, I heard the plane. Maybe there's more planes. I heard the plane though. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's a. It might be a one mana, one mana impulse or a one mana. Uh, not rain of revelation. Whatever that Ravnica one is. That people planes. One mana card. Yeah, it's Shimmer a one mana card selection. Shimmer possibility. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and then it, it's good. Yeah, Thieves of Fortune is a good card. And then this card is really spicy. I found this card. I don't think anyone plays this card. It's a treasure find. This is for sure a treasure find. This card is Arm with Aether. Aether. This is before they separated the A and the E, so it's the weird A-E symbol. Uh, it's two and a blue for a sorcery, and it reads, Until end of turn, creatures you control gain. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to an opponent, you may return target creature that player controls to its owner's hand. So... Essentially, all of your creatures just get to deal damage, and then... 260 it, decks. 260 decks. That is... What's the percentage on that? Is that even 1%? Or is it 0? 0%. 0%. So, 0% of decks are playing on with Ether. <laughs> that can play it. The second, um, the second most used commander is literally a commander I've never seen. I thought I'd look through every single commander. Ravika. the commander? Uh, hmm? Ravika. Ravika. Wizard hmm. Savant. Two blue blue for a zero one legend. Ravika. Deal. You can tap Ravika to deal two damage to target creature or player, and Ravika does not untap during your next untap phase. Oh, I've never seen this card before. That's really. So that's that is, that's a testament that's to how uh, you know dwarf. underestimated this card is. <laughs> I think this card is actually extremely good and should be played in any evasive blue creature deck. I think this 
should be played in every single Flyers deck ever. Yeah, it's that, like that if runs blue. Tim did two mana, did two damage, was a zero one, was four mana, was legendary, oh, and didn't untap. Yeah, I mean that's just a bad Tim. But <laughs> yeah. I'm with Aether. Very good card. Oh, I see why it's being played in Ravika decks. It's not whenever it deals combat damage to an opponent. It's whenever this creature deals damage to an opponent. So oh. this should be played in like Tybal and Lumia decks too. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that's a good god. card. It's this is a very good card. For three mana. For three mana, you get to you get to unsummon. Damage. I think... Feels like it's gonna niv miss it, maybe. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, that could be a good why haven't people been playing this card? Okay. <sighs> go pick this card up now. It's an extremely good card. Um yeah, that's basically all I could say. This is a good card. If you're dealing damage in blue, it's a 16-cent card. Go get it. Yeah, basically. Um, Let's move on here. Next up, Minions Murmurs is two black-black for sorcery. You draw X cards and you lose X life, where X is the number of creatures you control. You know what? Drawing a lot of cards is really good. This card's really good in a deck with a lot of creatures. Conveniently, we have a lot of creatures. Um, this is I feel like this is a spell you play on turn 5 when you have like 7 creatures on board. Then you just refill, and now you're winning the game. Yeah, I mean, it deals damage to you, but we play Shamanic yeah. Revelation, right? Yeah, and, you know... We play Collective Unconscious, we play Return of the Wildspeaker. Like, this is, this is Black's Shamanic Revelation, and it's not seeing any play. So I think, yeah, I mean, I had to dig, I was digging kind of deep for this episode. Probably should have just, like, looked at staples. But Minions Momos, I think, is a very good card. It, you might lose a lot of life. But drawing an immense amount of cards in black is always good. That's why Necropotent sees a lot of play, and that deals damage to you. Um, so I think Minions Momos is a good card. Oh, for sure. Alright, so this card's kind of a non-bow with our deck, but sometimes you need it. Uh, this card is Deadly Tempest. It's four black-black for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures. Each player loses life equal to the creatures they controlled that were destroyed this way. We play a lot of creatures, but we're normally not playing this when we have a lot of creatures. If we have a lot of creatures, we're doing well. If we don't have a lot of creatures, we're playing this because we don't have a lot of creatures. That was a badly worded sentence, but yeah, we're playing Deadly sense. Tempest when we're behind. Yeah, so when yeah, we need so, a board wipe, it is a board wipe. It does what we want it Yeah, because we had to get rid of some of our board wipes that were very expensive. Like, too expensive. Yeah. Um, uh, seven mana is too much for a, for, in a, for a board wipe. is too much for such a low-to-the-ground deck. Yeah, for sure. Um. So yeah, that's that is all the add cards we're adding, I believe. Um, and so now we can very quickly go over the cards we're bringing out uh, in an attempt to keep this episode around 30 minutes. Yeah, so quickly we can go through some good examples of cards. Alright, you want to do, do that? Yeah, I can, I can start off with first group. So our first group was just was mill payoffs. So there's a lot of cards that reanimate stuff out of your opponent's graveyard. A uh, good example is Rise from the Grave, which is four and a black, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. 
that creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. So, I don't think this is what you want to be doing, though, because, like, the chances that you mill over something big is not that large, unless we're really trying to play into the mill theme. And I think Anawan really lends himself to a more rogue deal combat damage to stuff. Uh, like Charlie was saying, we're not trying to mill people out, we're trying to kill people with combat damage. And so this is an aspect that we'll play in a little bit. Uh, we're keeping in a couple of these, but we took out some of the more inefficient ones. And that's going to be uh, Faded Imbr faded Return, Rise from the Grave, and uh, endless, endless Obedience. Okay. Oh, um, and Extract from Darkness. So there's five cards that we took out. Yeah, and then we took out some expensive board wipes. We took out some random cards... Um, that just weren't particularly good, like Dumir Kirun. Um, yeah. Do you want to say all of them in one breath, and then we can call it a wrap? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, and that's pretty much it. We're just getting rid of some mill payoffs and expensive codes, but I will read them all in one breath. That is Necromatic Selection, Spinal Embrace, In Garrick's Wake, Black Blade Reforged, Open into Wonder, Motor, Consuming Aberration. Scourge of Fleets, Demir Kirun, and Stolen Identity. And then we're also getting rid of Fairy Vandal, because it's just a bad rogue. That's yeah. it. And that's $3.76. Sounds like a yeah. deal to me. Yeah, I mean, we're getting this deck to playable. I think if you want to pull up with this sneak attack upgraded cool rogues deck, I think it'll do, do some good stuff. So, uh, we've got still not the very best, but uh, it can hold its own, I'd right, say. I think it'll be a 6 after these upgrades. It's a 6 or a 7. It's, it's, it's um, a 5 or a 6. Yeah, Maybe it's I'd, a say, five I'd six. say that's reasonable. 5 or 6. It's somewhere from a 5 to a 6. It's like, it gets to the point, like these decks, out of the box, are worse than the C20 precons, but not that much worse. And they leave a lot of room to be upgraded. So I think these are, this is exactly where we wanted these decks. Have high value reprints, but also not be finely tuned. So yeah, that people any, can have any space. deck with a good commander that is not like super vague and it's kind of niche, like something like Rogues, um, is is always going to be very upgradable and become a super good deck because you can add cards like Disciple of Deceit and that's just super cool. Right, and they're like, whoa, that's not in that precon. That's a cool card. So I think this is this leads to fun things. This is definitely a good deck if you want to pick it up. Probably twenty dollars around. The set for, of both is forty dollars. We'll talk more about the total precons in our lands episode. We'll also do New Horizons and Treasure Find, but we just wanted to do a quick upgraded episode. And so, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. You can send us an email at youngpowercast.gmail.com, and you can join our Discord link down below and leave us a review, leave a like, share with a friend, and we will see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye.